Today's episode, I want to talk about depression and how it's important to do things even if we don't feel like it so we can get out of the rut and reprogram our brain for a different mindset. Hey, it's J-Rom. Thanks for tuning in to Your Universal Mind, the transmitter to the universe. Today's episode is really important for me to shoot because I am not feeling good at all. And I don't mean physically, I'm not sick, just mentally. I feel like I'm in a cloud and I don't feel often this way. And I think that's why it's even more important for me to talk about me going through this, I guess, depressive phase and sadness. Because that way, at least I'll be able to be more authentic and talk to you guys about something that I'm feeling currently. And also how I navigate through this pathway of haziness. So depression really alters the way we think about ourselves. It alters the way that we see the world. It alters our reactions to it. And basically, we set up, I think, if we're not used to being upset or saddened and we don't embrace it as parts of our personality, we set ourselves up for failure because we think that we need to be cheerful and positive all the time. Especially in the beginning of the phase when we're trying to make a change for ourselves, if we tend to become sad or depressed or something negative happens, and we go back to the feelings that, into the cycles of feelings that are old, then we feel like we haven't made any progress. But in reality, I think it's more important to understand that we need to navigate those pathways and figure out what it is that causes that negative feeling, and that way we can cut it off at the source. One of the main reasons why I enjoy doing these podcasts, even though sometimes they may not have structure or any finesse or any polishedness to it, is because most of it's for my friends, and my friends have a context of who I am. Now, for a lot of the majority of the people out there who don't know who I am, I guess it is pro- important to provide structure and context, maybe some background as to who I am or how people see me. Most of my friends see me as a positive individual. I am able, I love to write things for friends. I love to talk to them, really uplift their spirits. But most of my life, I've had a hard time figuring out what it is about me that makes it so hard for me to reach out when I'm going through negative moments in my life. And fortunately, as time went on, and I've developed close friendships, I was able to figure out that I didn't like the world to see me when I was upset or angry because I felt that what I was preaching would be discouraged. And preaching, it puts me in a position where I'm not authentic to who I am myself. I don't want to be a preacher. I don't even want to be a teacher. I just want to be a friend to those who need encouragement. And because of that, I realized that I can't come from a position... Of, or a pers- I can't come from a perspective or a position that is above anyone or beneath anyone. I need to consider myself as an equal. So, when things do happen in life, which they inevitably, inevitably do, where we have a failure in a relationship, a failure in our school, a failure in our, failure in our work, we need to figure out what's the best way to reframe these failures. Because that way, when depression happens or when sadness happens, we can give that energy a different pathway rather than paralysis and fear and a, a pretty big blow to our own self-esteem. I think many of us expect too much from ourselves and we never really get a chance to sit down and think about what are our expectations. And most of the time, the expectations aren't even from ourselves but are those of others. When we try to put on a happy face or we try to be constantly depressed or we pick a certain way that we think we should be, usually it's because we're trying to find the approval of someone, probably our mother or our father. 
And this is something Tony Robbins always talks about. When you were younger, whose approval did you seek the most, your mother or your father? And at first, it's a hard question to answer, even for me. But as you're able to dive into it, you realize that the way that we act is to seek attention. And seeking attention is actually a survival trait. As a child, when we are able to seek the attention of our mother or our father, that means that we have a better likelihood of survival. So the reptilian brain has processed this into our brains for millions of years of evolution. But now, in the new age, the digital age, where neocortex and different thought patterns are overcoming that of the reptilian brain, it's a different game. We're able to be self-aware enough to reprogram those things, to be aware why it is that we do the things that we do. And the most important thing is to distinguish between what is reality and what is perfection. To be happy all the time, to be positive and not worry about a thing in the world is not real. It's not realistic. We will have times of sadness and unhappiness and uncomfortableness, and this is inevitable because life is full of up and downs. Paul Coelho, author of The Alchemist, talks about how we should be similar to a pencil. And there's four things that he talked about, or five actually, how we can liken ourselves to a pencil. The first aspect of a pencil is that an unsharpened pencil, I should say, is that an unsharpened pencil has to be sharpened. Now, if a pencil had nerve endings, it would feel the sharpness or the sharpening process every time it would occur. And that's how life is. When pain is thrown into ourselves or we're thrown into a very difficult situation, it sharpens us. It gives us a point. And that is the process of pain and purification. Second step is that when we are able to identify mistakes that we make in our life, there isn't a pe uh, an eraser that's present on the pencil. Every time we make a mistake and we realize why we made that mistake, it's not a mistake, but rather a lesson. And that is how we're able to erase that mistake and reprogram ourselves to better that action. And that is the eraser. Self-awareness and realization of the lesson from a mistake is the eraser. Third aspect of a pencil is that no matter what you do, no matter who you talk to, you leave a mark in their lives or your own. So make sure that you never stop writing and keep expressing yourselves. Because even if you stumble, you fall, or the tip breaks, sharpen it up and do it again. And keep on writing and never be discouraged. The fourth thing is that in a pencil, the graphite or what's inside the pencil is the most important thing of substance. That is what allows you to write and create materials and manifest things into the physical realm. And the fifth thing that a lot of people miss, even myself included, is that the hand is what guides the pencil. This can be interpreted many different ways, but to me, that means you've got to put in that work to express yourself. Otherwise, the physical pretty much won't be able to manifest what's in your head. So no matter what situations arise in our personal lives, it's important to figure out how we react to it. What is the emotional response that we get? But a lot of times we can decouple the emotional response to the physical response. So that awareness that we get from meditation or that self-awareness from slowing down the process and being aware of that coupling is what allows us to pretty much go forth and change our behavioral patterns. Today I give you two examples. One is Paul Coelho's five aspects of the pencil. And the second is how you can change your mindset the behavioral pattern that accompanies it whenever something stressful happens in your life. Hopefully by using these strategies and tips, you're able to 
be on a better path in self-improvement and help those around you. This is J-Rom. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you in the next episode.